Hello and welcome to Revitalize. Perspire, inspire, expire. Revitalize is daily encouragement for modern Christian women, sponsored by Teaching Mums Limited, an executive coaching company for mums by mums. Visit teachingmums.com today. Each mum, reach mum, teach mum. This is your personal invitation on how to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour. Now this personal invitation has been taken from the Joyce Meyer Everyday Life Bible. All verses used will be amplified, the amplified version, unless otherwise stated. Please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me and forgiving me of my sins so I can have a personal relationship with you. I am sincerely sorry for the mistakes I've made and I know I need you to help me live right. Your word says in Romans 10, 9, if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognising his power, authority and majesty as God and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe you are the Son of God and I confess you as my Saviour and Lord. Take me just as I am and work in my heart, making me the person you want me to be. I want to live for you, Jesus, and I'm so grateful to you for giving me a fresh start in my new life with you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer along with me for the first time, then I'd love to say to you, welcome to the family, sweetheart. Um, This is, apart from getting married and having children and um, following your dream and deciding to step out on your own, this is the best decision and the most important decision you will ever make. Um, And I want to welcome you and celebrate you for this personal commitment that you have made in hidden places. May the Lord bless you and multiply you and increase you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Um, Practical things. Join your local online church. (laughs) I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, join your local online church. Read your Bible every day. Download apps with scripture and protect your salvation with your life. Tell other people how wonderful the Lord is. And of course, if you have prayer requests, you can get in touch with me, lulu at teachingmums.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to pray for you. It's so accessible and even easier now than it was six months ago. Good for you. And continue to believe that you are perfectly loved just the way that you are now. Good morning and welcome to Revitalize, Perspire, Inspire, Expire. 
Now we have a brand new series. We've just wrapped up on what the Bible says about selfishness. We are now going to be looking at self-control. So the series will be split into four parts. So that's over four episodes. And if you miss any of the episodes, just um, subscribe and then you can download all of the episodes and catch up um, anything that you've missed. Let's pray. And then I'll share the verses with you today. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. Not just today, Lord, every day. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your unbending kindness, Father, your extravagant grace and love. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me afresh now. Lead me in all truthfulness. Help me to divide up your word accurately. Father, help me to live beyond reason and live in faith. You are enough for me today and always. Your word is enough. The truth at work in my life each day, making me more like you, making those who follow you more like you, and even those who are listening now more like you. Help us to dig deep into that treasure chest of love, which is your word, so that we can grow. In Jesus' name, amen. So here are the verses for today's episode. Proverbs 15, verse verse 18, Proverbs 25, verse 28, Proverbs 31, verse 16, Ecclesiastes 5, verse 2, and Ecclesiastes 7 and 9. Okay, so if we don't have time to get into Ecclesiastes, that will be covered in tomorrow's episode, but today we'll be focusing on Proverbs 15, 18, Proverbs 25, 28 and then Proverbs 31 16. So if you have a pen handy, just write those verses down so that you can fold the page in your Bible or screenshot um, those scriptures on your Bible app so that when we're going through the verses, you have them within um, reaching distance. Okay, so let's go over to Proverbs 15, verse 18. It's Old Testament, and I shared with you last time that the saying goes, you know, proverb, one proverb a day, <laughs> keeps the drama and the headaches away. I mean, I made that last part up, but I definitely think it's something that could be used because the word is medicine. It's good, good medicine. Proverbs 15, verse 18. Okay, so um, unless otherwise stated, I'm using the Everyday Life Bible, the Amplified Version with notes and commentary by Joyce Meyer. Proverbs 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, 
but he who is slow to anger and patient calms dispute. Now, this brand new series is about self-control and this is also, may I add, a fruit of the spirit along with goodness, kindness, patience, long-suffering, there's a whole host and we will um, cover that in the coming months. But self-control is the name of the game over the next couple of episodes and it's a tricky one because um, we have freedom to express our love, our lives, our anger. We have free will. But what the Lord requires of us as Christian women is to develop self-control. Now, this is something I've struggled with my entire life because I'm naturally very, very, very hot-tempered. And this is what the Lord is saying. Look, a hot-tempered man or woman stirs up strife but he who is slow to anger and patient calms disputes. Now, um, being hot-tempered is not the same as being confident um, and being assertive. People confuse um, an assertive woman and a confident woman with an angry woman. They're not interchangeable. I think you can be confident and assertive without being angry and aggressive and violent. And this is something that I've really had to learn to differentiate between because if I feel frustrated or I feel like I've not been treated fairly or I've been disrespected, I'm really justified in saying to somebody, actually, you cannot speak to me like that. But what the Lord requires of me now is not blowing my top and getting into fits of rage, which do not produce um, godliness, but rather to be patient and calm. And this is something that I have to pray into every day. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I come from a really big family. And I don't think I've resolved conflicts in a godly way um, in the past. And it's something that my husband has brought to my attention. My my family, my my eldest daughter said to me, Mom, you know, you're so angry, but I don't think what I did warrants that kind of anger. It's such wisdom. And I don't get, get offended if people want to correct me, especially if I know I'm wrong. What's hard is not just recovering from those um, emotional setbacks. What's hard is to try to, and I'm trying not to do it again, and really saying to yourself, well, if someone disrespects me, am I going to lose my temper? And something that I learned from um, Mrs. Joyce Meyer, from Joyce Meyer, is that you actually have to prepare. Prepare. Say to yourself in advance, I know I'm tired today. And I know that a certain person is going to get on my last nerve. And that, that could be an, an employee. It could be a colleague. It could be a manager. It could be a family member. It could be a neighbor. Um, and we don't like to think of ourselves as um, giving in to every indulgence. But let's be, let's be realistic. We're human beings. And so what I do now, when I wake up, I do the things that I've been encouraged to do by great women of faith. Something good is going to happen to me today and something good is going to happen through me today. This is something that Joyce Meyer teaches about all the time. And she said it works because she described herself as somebody who was um, excessively anxious and um, used to be angry and bitter all the time. And I can really relate to that. I was angry for so many years and I didn't even really know why. But the slightest disagreement would just set me reeling into months and weeks and sometimes even years of um, conflict and despair and bitterness. And so what I've done now is instead of pretending 
that I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm well aware that I will. And I have to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And that's the power that I have. Not that I've become a better person and I suddenly don't get angry anymore. No, that's not true. I actually have to ask the Holy Spirit to help me to be patient and calm because there will be disputes. If you live with anybody, even if you live alone and you have close relationships with other people, there will be days where there are disputes and conflict and God is not asking us to live a conflict-free life. He's asking us to live a life of peace and freedom. And as far as it's within our power to live at peace with all men, but it really needs to be prayed into because it's hard, especially when the other person is wrong. It's really difficult. And I strongly encourage you to pray into your weaknesses and ask the Holy Spirit, just like this, Holy Spirit, you know how I feel about this particular situation. And I have to see that person or those people today. Lord, help me to be calm and patient and not to say anything that you don't want me to say. Those are the kind of praise we need when it comes to self-control, because if we didn't need it, there wouldn't be 13 Bible verses minimum about it. Okay, so we want to be calm and patient in disputes. It's, it's really tricky, and this is a very, very sensitive topic because everybody's level of self-control is different. Everybody's measure of faith is different. Everybody's measure of joy is different. But guess what, girls? We have the same God. And if women who have been molested and abused have fought cancer um, and all kinds of things are able to stay calm, there's a way to do it. Jesus was incredibly calm and he did lose his temper because people were not doing the right thing in the house of God. Now, God is not saying, do not fight the cause of God. Do not be angry about injustices against children, against humanity, against women. But what it says here is that a hot-tempered man stirs up strife. And we don't want to stir up strife in our homes, in our marriages, in our journey as parents. We just don't want that. It's so ugly and um, it hurts you. It hurts the people that we have um, lost our temper with. It's really, really hard. And this is something that I'm growing in daily. And it's actually taken me to the point where I just keep silent because I know I will just lose it. And I will not be able to say anything godly. And God has said to me, well, if that's the stage that you're at with this, I need you to be silent. And I've agreed to do that. And you might think, oh my goodness, how bad could it really be? But words destroy and words can kill. The Bible makes that really, really clear. So there are some relationships I have where I'm completely silent. And I and I say to them, I don't have much else to say about this. I've already lost my temper. I've already told you what I think. It hasn't made any difference. I need to be silent now. And it will take shapes and forms differently in your own lives. And I'm not saying that you take a vow of silence in your own life. But for me, because of the way my temperament is and what God is working on in me, there are moments of silence in lots of um, relationships I have with acquaintances and some of the communities I'm in. I'm, I'm remaining silent and that's how I'm going to grow until I have something worthy of um, praise to say. Let's look at the next scripture, Proverbs 25 
verse 28. Proverbs 25, verse 28. Oh, pages of my Bible are sticking together. Here we go. Um, mm. Like a city that is broken down without walls, leaving it unprotected, so is a man who has no self-control over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. Mm. And this is what my life used to look like, girls. A city without walls, unprotected, no boundaries, always on fire, not on fire in a good way, in an ungodly way, veering out of control in so many situations. And self-control is a transferable skill. If you can control your temper, you can control your appetite. And if you can control your appetite, you can control your words. And if you can control your words, you can control your money. And if you can control your money, then my goodness, you are able to do the things effectively that God himself has asked you to do. Now, I, I, I don't take these things lightly. I'm not trying to say that you have to be at a certain level to be able to do the work of God. A baby can do the work of God by smiling and babbling and laughing. Okay, a 100-year-old woman can do the work of God by hugging her great-great-grandchildren. But what I'm saying is that in order to be effective in ministry, and this is me talking from experience, I walked away from so many ministries and opportunities because I had no self-control. And I knew that where the direction of which the ministry was going in, I would not be able to honestly uphold the integrity of the position. And I just said to people, I'm actually going to have to step down because I'm in great conflict now with how I feel about the situation and how I'm going to execute my skills in this current environment. And if it means I'm going to lose my temper every weekend or every meeting or complain about the way people behave, it, there's absolutely no point of me doing this. Now, you, know, you might think that's controversial, but I'm an adult. And if um, we compare churches to professional working environments, you wouldn't work somewhere where you weren't valued or appreciated. You wouldn't work somewhere where your manager talked to you like you were garbage. So why do we put up with that in churches? It absolutely make, it makes no sense. It's almost as if we forego our intellect, our manners and our integrity in order to be a good person, a nice person. Jesus hasn't asked us to be a, a nice person. He's asked us to be godly. And sometimes being godly means that you have to say no to some of the things other people expect you to do and some of the things other people want you to do. And this is where we spoke last time about selfishness and self-care. It's not the same. Draw your boundary lines in so that you're able to give from an abundance, place of abundance, and not giving from lack. In the same way, self-control requires me to draw and dig very, very, very deep boundary lines in my life to enable me to be who I'm supposed to be to the people that I'm encouraged to support and love in each season of my Christian life. I don't want to be a city without walls, with no control 
over my spirit and I really was getting myself into trouble all the time. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Oops, I probably shouldn't have sent that message. Oh dear, I probably shouldn't have done this. Oh well, you know, I really shouldn't have done that. Oh, you know, I was really, really angry. And I actually, I actually got tired of hearing myself say those things to my husband at the end of the day because he'd ask me, well, why did you say that? If you knew you weren't supposed to say it, why did you say it? And I say, I was so angry. I can't believe the way that they spoke to me. But why was I um, not able to control my spirit and put myself into trouble? Why was I building my city without walls? The word of God is the foundation of my life. And I need to take time each day to address these bumps in my spiritual road. And one of them is self-control. And I suppose what I would do differently if I was back in the corporate world or back working in education in classrooms, I I would draw my boundary lines early, really early and just say, actually, this is not how you can talk to me. This is not what I'm available to do. Rather than leaving it until the boundary lines have been crossed, I then have to, with everything in me, pull myself back over the line where I should have been in the beginning. So self-control is about not losing your temper in the moment, but it's also about preparing really early on. If you know there's a problem of racism in your workplace, don't leave it to a staff meeting to blow up and tell people about 400 years of slavery. Does not work, girls. What you can do is just say to people early on, Look, I'm really proud of where I come from and this is really important to me and this needs to be a part of my working day. And if they say, well, actually, you know, we don't really do that sort of thing here, then you can decide to walk with your integrity, with your dignity, with your city walls safely established. Can you see where I'm going with this? And it's the same in your home. You're establishing respect with older children, adult children. You draw the boundary lines. You cannot talk to me in this way rather than doing what I did, losing your temper, but they don't even know what the rules of engagement are. They don't know. Children don't know unless you teach them. The people around you don't know how to treat you unless you teach them. And so it's really important in, in all manner of respect and godliness Draw your boundary line, set the rules of engagement and just say, I'm not prepared to take calls at midnight if you are a PA, okay? If you are a, um, an administrator, I'm not prepared to respond to emails after five o'clock. That's okay. I have lots of things happening in my life in the evening, which means I'm not available to take calls in the evening. And some people don't understand that. But my nearest and dearest have an emergency number they can get me on if they need to speak to me after six o'clock. But I'm not available to the public after 6 p.m. I've dug and drawn my lines of engagement more recently than ever, and it's given me incredible peace. So now that my city has walls, if a situation comes up and those boundary lines are crossed, I'm well within my rights to say, actually, I said to you that I wouldn't be available. And you're actually now upsetting me because of the way you're talking to me, what your expectations are. I'm not being rude. I'm not being vulgar. I'm not being disrespect disrespectful. I'm not even angry. I'm just saying this is not okay for me. And that's the level of maturity that God requires from us now, rather than me not drawing boundary lines, 
somebody calling me at eight o'clock saying, look, we really need you to um, join in with this thing that we're doing, or we really need this, or you need to be here. And then me going off on one, hurting everybody, like a bull in a china shop, breaking everything. And then people are confused. Hold on, why is Lily that angry? All I said was, we're all going to catch up over drinks or coffee at nine o'clock by the station. Why would I need to be that angry? Because I didn't draw the boundary lines. So my spirit and my level of anger and exhaustion are within my control. And it's my responsibility here not to set myself up for trouble, not to have my city without walls, unprotected, but to put boundaries in place and use huh, the gift of self-control to manage my own life. That's my responsibility. And I challenge you, are there things in your life that are making you really, really angry? Take a few steps back and have a look if there are boundaries in place to protect you and your family and your time and relationship with God. It's a tricky one, but please learn from me. There's no glory or strength or beauty in a woman of God screaming and losing her temper. It's ugly, really, 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 really ugly. And it's something that God is really still working with me on and I still struggle with it. But I know where I need to be and just taking one day at a time in dealing with my feelings of frustration or injustice or racism or mums being disrespected wives not being treated properly. These are the things that really make my blood boil. Black people being treated like animals, these things. But if I put some self-control in place, I can effectively address these issues in a way that brings encouragement and hope to women everywhere. We have one more verse and then we're going to pray. Proverbs 31, verse 16. Proverbs 31, verse 16. She considers a field before she buys or accepts it, expanding her business prudently. And with her profits, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. So this chapter is the about the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, she remains nameless, but I sometimes like to think that it could be um, it could be Ruth. <laughs> you know, um, it really, really makes me think of Ruth. What happened after she married Boaz? Did she become this established woman? Was Boaz the, the man who was well known in the gate? I don't have much evidence to support that. It's more my um, inference and speculation. But if we go right back to the beginning of... Um, Proverbs chapter 31, um, it's the words of King Lemuel. And his mother said, you know, speak up for those who have no voice and um, a woman of great value is hard to find. It says early on, her worth is far above rubies or pearls. And then it goes on to say the kind of thing that this woman of value in valor does. And one of the things she does is she considers a field before she buys or accept, accepts it. Um, she considers 
a purchase before she um, swipes it. <laughs> it could be used in so many contexts. And if we talk about financial self-control, this is something that God has been working on me with too. And this is the point I made earlier, that if you can control your tongue and your temper, you can control your appetite, you can control what you um, ingest in terms of your social media and entertainment, you can control what you hear, and you can control your finances. I think that they all go hand in hand because self-control is a force to be reckoned with, but also a transferable skill. And what the Proverbs 31 woman is showing us is that she does not act on a whim. She does not um, buy or shop emotionally. She doesn't blow um, her credit card limit. She doesn't buy things unwisely. She expands her business prudently and her profits. She plants fruitful vineyards. So she's making money and with the excess, with the profit she makes, she is establishing something else. It's great, great wisdom and it takes incredible self-control to plan your finances. And this is something that I've really struggled with since I was 16 because I had my first job at um, 14. I worked in a local pharmacy and we had to deliver um, bulk medication to local old people's homes and I was paid every week in cash and I didn't know what to do with the money. I thought I knew. I basically just bought bubblegum and magazines, <laughs> um, you know, but I didn't really know what to do with money and it's been something that I've really, really paid for through the nose because um, it's not a natural skill that I have, but the Lord has been so good to me in that my... Um, my husband is so good with money and he's really had to say to me, was that the best time to buy that thing? Not that you can't have it or you can't enjoy nice things, but was that the best time? Um, was it the best way to go about it? So I've had to really grow in self-control with finances in the same way I've had to grow with self-control in dealing with my frustration, dealing with my mission and my purpose, trying to explain to people what God has called me to do. You don't have to explain to anybody. All you need to do is honour the Lord each day with what he has called you to do. And in the same way, when money comes into your hand or even when feelings, when you start to catch feelings about something or somebody, good or bad, I'm telling you now, that the Lord is your strength and your guide and he will help you to live a life of self-control, which is actually more freedom than you could ever imagine. Let's pray. My God and my friend, you know where I am, Father, on my journey of self-control, and you have brought me such a long way, but I am not there yet. And I want to thank you for your word. Let it be unto me as it is in your will and in your word, that I'd be able to resolve disputes calmly and patiently, that I would have a city with walls protected um, protecting me and not setting myself up for trouble or my family or loved ones. Help me to walk 
in the fullness and the that anointing and wisdom of the Proverbs 31 woman that I would be able to consider before I buy, expand my business prudently and plant fruitful vines in my vineyard from profits. And I extend that same grace to every woman listening, that they will be able to resolve disputes calmly, that they would have their city walls established and not stir up strife, and that they too would be like the Proverbs 31 woman, expanding their business businesses prudently, considering fields and purchases before they buy and living in such self-control that the freedom is overflowing. Father, you're so kind, and I know that there's grace for the days we don't get it right. And I want to thank you in advance for helping me today with self-control, for helping me today to stay calm, for helping me today to use my um, finances wisely, to be a good steward of the wealth, that you've provided for us. Father, help me to be a good steward of the words and the time and the resources you've given to us. Holy Spirit, under the sound of my voice, may every woman listening be encouraged. Inspired to godliness because we have all things pertaining to godliness and we have everything we need to live a godly life as a child of God. Come in now, Holy Spirit, and do the things that we can no longer do for ourselves in places where the enemy has set us up and we have fallen for it. Undo that damage and help us to move forward away from trauma, away from drama, away from strife and into peace, self-control, faithfulness, long-suffering, Mm. joy and goodness and gentleness and love. You are my God and my friend and I thank you for this time. Okay, everyone, that's all from me today on Revitalize. Inspire, perspire, expire. It's been so wonderful to um, have you listening in. Thank you for your time. If you haven't already done so, visit teachingmums.com to find out all the things that Teaching Mums is doing right now and leave a review. Leaving a review means that more and more women and families like yours are able to hear this message, this encouragement. I'm available on all the platforms where podcasts are shown and aired. Um, and it's wonderful to, um, to have you with me on this journey. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.